we're discussing Clear Eyes, Fate Hearts in depth, and I might just tackle somebody. You don't know. That'd be me? <laughs> She's going to tackle me. I know it. Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 89. Listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And this week we are discussing episode six of season five of Lost Girl Clear Eyes Fay Hearts, which even my partner, who doesn't watch Saturday or Friday Night Lights, knew that it was a reference to Friday Night Lights, so I just increasingly feel out of the loop. So there we go. Yeah, you almost said Saturday Night Lights, so I know you're out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half a beverage in, and it's already messing with me. Okay, <laughs> speaking of beverages, our drink special this week, we decided to go with something kind of obvious called a pigskin shot. And it's a, it actually sounds decent, though not particularly football-y. I guess it's green, like the grass, but it involves vodka, melon liqueur, and sweet and sour mix. I looked up Thunder-themed drinks, because that was the name uh-huh. of the football team, uh-huh. right? And you'd think there'd be... Thunder named drinks, and there are, but they don't sound that good. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess is jumping into the whole thunder thing. Did you also notice, Chris, that their little logo involved a Thor hammer-looking thing? Yeah, oh, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I got to watch it again. Yes. I just saw the lightning bolt. So, yeah, I I didn't notice it either. Again, my partner, smarter than me, pointed it out. Well, since the beef roast has already been referenced, I'm you expecting Thor to show up any time soon. And uh, with all the Greek gods showing up, I, I mean, come on, you got to put a Xena reference in there, Lost Girl. Otherwise, I will be sorely disappointed. But I feel I should mention to Stephanie, though, that the reason Annie was pronouncing it Bifrost or Bifrost or something last time uh-huh. we talked about it was because in the Thor movies, they call it the Bifrost. Oh, exactly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. On the show, though, apparently they're going with Bifrost, which right. I don't know if which is more correct. If there are any people who could tell us, that'd be appreciated. Because we really got into Greek stuff this episode, but Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. Oh, that's right. You know the name even. Thank you, Chris. You're just a You're font welcome. of mythologic knowledge. I'm sitting here with my copy of Edith Hamilton's Mythology sitting on my lap. Ah. So let's get a little bit into this whole mythology plot. But first of all, I wanted to play because we got a couple of of feedback messages. We got a couple of voice messages from a a few listeners. And I thought I'd actually start with those because they they comment on a lot of different things that we're going to talk about. And that way we can respond to what they said. Hey, uh, you guys, uh, this is Jay here at Twitter handle at the same Jay. I had to call because I have to rant. I'm on my lunch break, so it's going to be really short. I, oh, Lost Girl is so frustrating. Bullet points, so we can confirm that these are Greek gods, number one. Uh, number two, Mark and Dyson, what the hell is going on? It's like, one, last week, I, Mark just called Dyson a bitch, and then now they're like, buddy-buddy and going, he brought Mark to the crime scene, and now they're boxing together, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I, how can someone be like, oh, I hate you, Dad? He's like, yeah, she seems hot. You should date her. I don't get it at all. Number three is 
Lauren and Bo. So now, I mean, this whole season, it seemed to me like Lauren was, like, giving hints, like, yeah, let's let's do this. And Bo has been taking a step back. And now, all of a sudden, Bo's like, yeah, I need you and all this stuff. And I'm, like, so confused. I'm so confused. Which brings me to Valkybus. Now, I know, Annie, I know you're a Valkybus shipper. And you know that I'm a Valkybus shipper. So I was happy last week. I was ecstatic. It's like we won the Super Bowl. And then this week shows up, and I'm like, like, oh, man, this is good. This is happening. And then Samson mentions, oh, we're girlfriends now. And then Bo's like, right, girlfriends. And I just, I just, I, I can't. I just, sometimes I just want to slap Bo. I know this, this, this show is called Lost Girl, but this girl is totally oblivious and lost. It's not even funny. How, what do you expect? Seriously? Seriously, this girl just is in love with you, and you knew all this, and you think, oh, okay, we're going to have sex, and everything's going to be fine, and we're just going to be friends, and just like, because I just want to have sleep with everyone, and I'm like, no, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't work that way, what, what do you expect, you had sex with her, of course she thinks it's a relationship, don't be surprised that now she thinks it's a relationship, I can rant on and on about that, but I'm going to stop, so keep doing the great job, you guys are, you guys are doing great, and that's all I want to say. I'm going to go back to work now in the depressing mode. Damn, Lost Girl Writers. I, I can't. Just, I can't. Hey, this is Melina Pendulum calling, and I just finished watching the latest episode of Lost Girl, Clear Eyes, Fake Hearts, which, great reference to Friday Night Lights. I have to say, I really, really enjoyed the plot in this episode. Not so much the cheerleader stuff, because... I do think it's kind of tired that we have the usual, like, cheerleaders are stupid and vapid cliche um, because cheerleading is the hardest sport. It's got the most injuries. But anyway, back to Lost Girl. I think that we finally got some really interesting mythology with this safe family and them being sort of like the name, being the, the people that all of these other gods are named after, which kind of clears up the confusion we all had about like why there were so many different names for Bo's father. But what I was thinking was since these gods were summoned when Persephone gave Bo that candle, maybe Persephone is part of this family and maybe she's the reason why they're coming out. Maybe she was the one who was manipulating Bo into lighting the candle, summoning the family and bring upon hell on earth. Maybe it's not her dad who's evil. Maybe it's her stepmom. And maybe the stepmom hasn't sort of laid the foundation in order to, you know, get Bo to summon this dark army because she's the one who helps Bo through. She basically orchestrates it so that Bo gets to escape with this candle. And if she's using this candle to contact her family, then maybe she is the undercover big bad, which would actually be really exciting for me. So anyway, time to go, but I really have loved the podcast and have a great one. Thanks. So thank you to both Jay and Melina for sending in those voice messages. I really liked the juxtaposition of them personally. (laughs) (laughs) But we always would love to hear. Yes, we always love to hear what listeners think as well to include your thoughts. You know, we love it when we get voice messages, but you can also send us email and there'll be contact information that we share at the end of the episode about how you can do that. So let's jump into talking about this A plot. So we had this whole thing about the football team. And I, in general, I liked this plot. Like Melina mentioned, I thought that we saw some really good 
development of who this these evil characters were and i i'm glad we're getting to that more quickly so what were y'all's general thoughts about the the football storyline what did you think annie um yeah it grew on me as the week went on yeah it's kind of a fun vehicle for the show to take and this is what we're going to do for our undercover although tamsin referring to the cheerleaders as you know you don't think i could dupe a bunch of girls who think clapping is a sport you know i agree with um the uh, listener who called in saying cheerleading is one of the hardest uh, sports. But yeah, I thought it was a fun way of doing it and putting in all the mythology, which uh, is getting a bit more intriguing. I, I, you know, like I said, it grew on me during the week and um, I liked it. I enjoyed it too. And I will say this though, because I agree with Melina that you know, I'm I'm sort of annoyed with people for being dismissive of the cheerleading. Because mm-hmm. if you have ever seen like an actual cheerleading competition on like one of the ESPN channels, like it's super impressive. Oh yeah, and it's super hard. Both my sisters were cheerleaders, and I always uh, gave them credit. Yeah, you see those professional competitions; they're not messing around. And in the behind the scenes of the um, enhanced version of uh, the episode this week they showed they hired a professional cheerleading crew to teach the actors so you know the production wasn't messing around either they really wanted to make it look good right i was just going to add though that i don't think the show is being dismissive of cheerleading it seems like tamsin is being dismissive of cheerleading true true because she's tamsin (laughs) right and tamsin's kind of dismissive of most things but my point being that, I mean, the, the couple of cheerleaders that we actually interact with on the show, Brinkley and what's the other guy? What's the guy's name? Was it Brent? I don't remember. But my point is, those two characters seemed pretty with it. You know what I mean? They were they were not dumb characters. Brinkley had her life plan set out, <laughs> you know? I was going to say, I, I didn't, I get a little tired of the, you know, mean head cheerleader type. And they did have that in Brinkley. However, I did like that they really, I think tried to subvert the idea of like, oh, she just wants to go find herself a football player for her husband so she doesn't have to do anything and be rich. I like that they show, no, 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 she actually, she has a a plan. Derek. I don't know why I got Brent. It was Derek. Derek. Yeah, it was Derek, who's the male cheerleader. There we go. Well, it did kind of reinforce that trope a little bit when she ran up to Tamsin, who I assume she thought was a male football player, of course, going, oh, you're so great. And Tamsin takes off her helmet and whips that hair. And she goes, That's the oh. Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like, geez, Brinkley, if anything should convince you to switch teams, that should. So, yeah, I, I do think that they, it, it was a little bit of the tired head mean cheerleader trope, but I did like that they were, they included the Channel Life plan. So I'm kind of on the fence on the whole cheerleading thing, but I'm I'm with Melina in that I'm, I'm, a little sick of the disparaging portrayals of cheerleaders because they, it is very hard. A hard sport. It's it's not just clapping and, and shouting when it's done at a really high gymnastic level. Which, I, I do. Mean, that was the thing too, because like Tamsin's all putting it down, but then Tamsin totally knew how to do the double back handspring, back, back tuck, or whatever flip. it was. Yeah, but I love that she knew how to do it, but because of course she's a Valkyrie and she can fly and she's had a long life. But the fact that she even knew how to do it, it was it cracked. I knew me what up. it was. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I do kind of wonder, though, the entire time I was watching the cheerleading plot, I kept thinking, what would this have been like if Kenzie were here? Not necessarily Mm. instead, but also. And I have to say, I really missed Kenzie in this episode. This is the first up. I shouldn't say this is the first episode I missed Kenzie, but I missed her the most in this episode because I just kept thinking how she might have 
fared in this little cheerleader group and and helping Bo in that regard. I would have loved to have seen what she wore. (laughs) How Kenzie can spice up a cheerleading outfit? Come on. What her wigs would have been like? It just would have been awesome. A wig would have been a bad idea, though. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, just some extensions or, you know, something. She would have done something crazy with her hair, I think. I don't know. Because we know Kenzie can dance, if nothing else. Yeah. Very true. Maybe she could break out some gymnastics move, too. That wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Do you just want to see Kenzie in a high ponytail? Is that <laughs> yeah? Got to see her in the high pony. It's true. Yep. <laughs> I did like, yeah. Believe it or not, I did like the whole football sequence with Tamsin and the Charlie's Angels move out of the helmet, and seeing uh, Rachel in the football uniform was fun. Seeing all the backstory, all the background behind this episode and the uh, enhanced version this week because it was an expensive episode with a lot of extras, I'm sure, and a lot of effort put in. So. Props to the Lost Girl production for pulling off what is uh, a fun undercover Fay of the Week investigation background by putting it in a football scene setting. To piggyback on that, I wanted to get your takes. I, I liked the football sequence. I thought it was well shot and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I kind of felt like the bite was taken out of the, its significance because we knew ahead of time that that if Tamsin caught the ball, then, you know, it would be a bad thing. I don't know. I felt like it didn't, the stakes were kind of taken out of that particular game sequence. And ultimately, it felt like it wasn't necessary. I guess that's fair. I hadn't really thought about it uh, necessarily that much. But (laughs) I mean, I guess there's some tension there. Maybe we're supposed to be rooting that Tamsin doesn't catch the ball. But I don't know. It just to me, it the the whole tension around that scene, it was diminished a little bit because of the what we learned up in the booster box with the gods. Well, I kind of had the opposite thought. I kept thinking, well, they're not going to have Tamsin catch the ball and Bo's going to like come on the field and tackle her, which would have been really funny, uh, right before she catches the ball. I kind of wish and that I thought, happened now. Me too. Yeah, I, 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 I thought for sure, oh, she's not going to catch the ball. And they had her catch the ball and they had the gods feed off the crowd and You know, you're like, usually it happens the other way around, where disaster is averted at the last minute. So it's good that for once, the quote-unquote, the baddies got some points and, you know, fed on the crowd, and then that leads into the storm in Feyronto. So, you know, the plot is building, but the the game was part of it. In that sense, I'm glad it wasn't predictable that Tamsin did win the game, so, because I wasn't expecting her to, given what we learned. I guess maybe what I wanted was a little more either maybe a little more intercutting between the football stuff and what Bo was learning up in the booster box or some sort of seeing Bo t- try to tell Tamsin, no, Tamsin, we need to throw the game. I don't know. There was just some, an element yeah, yeah. missing out of that, that last football sequence for me. You wanted them to build the tension a little more? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. I did have this moment of like, so if Tamsin catches the football, like what's going to happen? And basically it's that Z gets really glowy. <laughs> yeah, the, it was a little anticlimactic. Immediate reaction, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought, oh, the whole stadium's literally going to blow up since that's what Iris was talking about. Everybody was going to be destroyed. I guess that's that's another good point, Annie. That is what Iris told Mark. So yeah. why did Iris tell Mark that? Because that's not really remotely what happened. 
maybe she doesn't grasp quite all the elements of the plan. I don't know. but Or maybe she's referring to later, like this is the ultimate thing that uh, yeah. everything's going to blow up. Yeah, that, that was my thought too, is that it was more of a, this is first step into mm-hmm. this big thing happening. But doesn't she specifically say blowing up the stadium or something? Mm, I can't remember. I can't remember. I'd have to rewatch. Obviously, we were so engrossed with that scene, we can't remember all the details. I was too busy thinking, ugh, Mark, I, I know, slap I you know. upside your head. <laughs> no, my, my point exactly. <laughs> so I feel like for that plot, you know, we had the, the sort of the cheerleader section, and then we had, you know, the reason they, they were there as in investigating the, the football team and the murder and Clay turning out to be a, a, a Heraclid. And Annie, you commented in our shot episode that that storyline ended up being pretty meaningful for you you know and it was i mean some people say yeah it's pretty obvious that derek and clay were dating but at least when he revealed it and Bo said it was no big deal i think just for an audience perspective that's always really important when a show reinforces those kind of statements um that it has it it can have a potentially have a real effect on people and i think that's really important so i'm really happy that lost girl put that in and has that attitude that that sexuality shouldn't be a big deal in an ideal world. And this sort of reinforces what we saw in season three, where, because we keep seeing it in the Fey world and nobody cares in the Fey world. Right. Mm-hmm. But anytime it pops up in the human world, it is sort of something that needs to be addressed, I guess. It is an issue, as they say. I finger quoted issue, by the way. I was trying to think back if we had ever seen a time where in the human world it wasn't a big deal. I don't think so. And But I feel like the showing that it is a big deal in the human world is a little more of a newer thing. Like you mentioned, we see it in season three, I think more subtly, where in Adventures in Babysitting, where Bo and Kenzie go undercover and Bo feels the need to call her ex Lawrence instead of Lauren when she's talking to these women. And I know that that rubs some people the wrong way, but I do think that was a conscious choice on the writer's part to show that in this world, sexuality isn't as accepted or diverse sexuality isn't as accepted as it is in the Fae world. Right. And more sort of being a part of fitting in with the book club housewife yeah situated yeah 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 well and even in this episode where you know clay says oh there's all these reporters outside it's like tmz so was that derek sorry you know it was referring to the fact that it's a big deal you know when a football star comes out as it was i can't remember the actual football players michael sam yeah, this this stuff was yeah. clearly a, a reference to Michael Sam, who yeah, was Michael a, Sam, yeah, who was in the the last in the draft recently, and he he came out as gay before he before he was drafted. So that was a big deal here in the U.S. Yeah, and I think I read something about his football jersey has outsold like everybody else's. Yeah, something it's, like that. It's record sales or something. Yeah, yeah. I was very sad because even though I'm not a big football fan he was on the practice squad for the dallas cowboys which is the football team near where i live and but then they he was waived after a time so now he's a free agent but he was he was on the dallas cowboys practice squad for a bit and i was thinking oh maybe he'll be here but he he wasn't sadly but i gotta say even though i like i appreciate the storyline and and what they did when he was talking to the press i don't know if it was really necessary to say that derek was in me with me in bed like are you just yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, maybe you could have just said with with me like <laughs> i don't know it felt a little forced well that i didn't did seem 
extraneous, but then it's like, maybe it is more of a, an effort to be deliberately blatant. I And it could be. I just thought about it. You know, this was not something that was necessarily beneficial for him to say. And so the fact that he would say it to alibi this guy maybe was to shore up the fact that he was telling the truth and not just trying to alibi a friend or something like that. But I did like that ultimately the, the the gods revealed that his coming out just seemed to make people like him more rather than as they had feared potentially turning the public against him. But uh, I had to say, though, when they were finally in the same room together, uh, Derek and, and Clay, I was a boy, the passion, as in there was nothing. like <laughs> <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot of chemistry going on between those two actors for me. Well, yeah, maybe they have an off-screen sequel. Who knows? <laughs> so, but, in Annie's mind and any fan fiction that is written. Uh, no, nah, I'll just do Docubus. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean you'd write it. Oh, okay. But yes. No, I'd rather write a fan fiction about those two guys in uh, episode uh, season three, episode four, the two guys in the uh, the high, the better way clinic. So because those guys are funny. Oh, I did like them a lot. They were fun. Yeah. There was passion. They had chemistry. There was passion. Yes, yes. Those two actors had passion. <laughs> Nothing against these two actors. I think they did a fine job. There just wasn't a, a ton of chemistry between the two of them. I thought I thought Derek was pretty adorable though. I was like, mm. his hair is just so neatly combed. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> She stole my Even lucky though Brinkley yeah. stole his lucky brush. Yes. I know, br- the, the lucky brush. So I, I will admit that, you know, the, this plot was a little broad. Bo ended up getting to the, the big bad kind of easily when, when she, like, storms up and finds them in the... Oh, they're just upstairs. Yeah, in the booster <laughs> yeah. box. I thought that was a little easy. So I feel like maybe I'm being a little more generous to this episode than maybe I would have otherwise. But since last season, it took us it took them so long for them to give us anything in regards to the, the overarching plot. I, I think I'm being a little more generous and being like, yay, well, at least we got something out of it. Well, what I thought was kind of uh, made me head desk a bit was everybody's quote unquote undercover investigation skills with uh, first uh, Tamsin asking uh, Clay all the questions and then, uh, you know, Bo asking everybody. I'm like, you guys are supposed to be undercover, but you're a little blatant. <laughs> yeah. So that just made me and laugh. Said, and, and then it sounded like she was a reporter. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, uh, Dyson bringing Mark to the crime scene. And I'm like, uh, okay, anybody can just walk in. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are not doing a very good job of being undercover this time. I mean, more so than any other undercover episode. It just, yeah, I, I think Kenzie needs to be back to help him out. She at least is good at distracting people with paranormal investigators and stuff like that lying is what we is what she's good at she's good at lying yeah yeah well there you go (laughs) she's our con artist and we're missing our con artist yeah she's a professional liar in the best of ways you know and then there's lauren using her science just going okay that's why they call it a surprise drug test so surprise (laughs) the thing about dyson and mark though dyson told mark Mm -hmm. to wait in the car mark didn't wait in the car and then dyson's like well, come okay, with me, come with me. The, pass the yellow tape into the crime scene itself. Yeah, I, <sighs> I, I think they lost their cop shop set. And so now we're seeing stuff that really should be happening at the police station happen other places. It's kind of like in season three when they lost Lauren's lab set and suddenly she's doing autopsies in the middle of her living room. So it's one of those things where if this yeah. were a police procedural, I would ding them pretty hard for that, but it's not. So I'm like, eh, whatever. You know, he shouldn't have let Mark come <laughs> well, into the crime scene, but whatever. It's it's fine. Yeah. Again, they said uh, 
in the uh, enhanced version, that, that cop shop set was repurposed to be the locker room set. So the cop shop set is literally gone now because it's the locker room. So I guess it got reused that way. I guess here's here's my issue. Okay. <laughs> Tell us your issue, Chris. We're, that's what we're here for. <laughs> the, the problem is not that they are missing the set because obviously Dyson would have to go look at the crime scene anyway. I suppose they could cheat it by doing crime scene photos or something. But the problem is that Dyson doesn't have a police partner anymore. That too. They did. They mm. in that particular scene. I, I guess I was talking more generally in the fact that we see him with all of the photos up on the board at his gym, where right. that clearly should not have been like in his living room for anybody to see who walked. Also, his yeah. gym that apparently is not ever locked. No, because people just randomly walk in. Yes, walk in, even yeah. though he lives there now. Apparently, I what? think Dyson's taking tips from Lauren and just doesn't mm-hmm. lock his door. I don't think he even has a door. Remember when Bo? <laughs> went and found Vex in the gym, and the gym doesn't even have a door, really. It's more like just an open garage. So Yeah, that could be why. That could be why. You're right, Chris. In that scene, what Mark was doing, he was there to give exposition. Like, oh, he's this football player who is really high up in the draft, and blah, 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 blah. That's why Mark was there. And they they could have sprung for even just a, a random beat cop actor mm-hmm. to deliver that type of, of exposition, but they didn't. Maybe they didn't have the money. I don't know. But you're right. In that scene, it was more that Dyson didn't have a cop person to talk to. I miss Hale. I miss Hale, too. Yeah, I miss Hale. But going back to the what we ultimately learned through this plot line about the the gods who apparently are Greek gods. And I meant to mention last week, but then I forgot that uh, somebody had been making some guesses about who each of the gods might be, who each of these three people might be. And we have we have Iris, who very clearly... Did you want to talk about this, Chris, since you have your mythology book handy? Sure. I, okay. I did look up Iris. Iris is actually a Greek god mm-hmm. of rainbows, yes. which explains... Rainbows. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Yes. So her powers. I'm, I'm going to read from Edith Hamilton's mythology here. Iris was the goddess of the rainbow and a messenger of the gods, in the Iliad the only messenger. Hermes appears first in that capacity in the Odyssey, but he does not take Iris's place. Now that one, now the other, is called upon by the gods. And that's basically all it says about Iris. And I looked her up online, and there's really not much more info about her than that. And what did we learn from from Edith Hamilton? Women always overshadowed. Because who do you hear about the messenger to the gods? Hermes. Not Iris. Nope. Yep. Well, because that is that's basically her only purpose. That, that was that I can. That determine. was me kind of making a joke, but okay. <laughs> hey, Chris pulled an Annie. Like you're Sorry. not wrong though. I know. I know. Is the thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and and there's there was some info about her family, which I don't remember off the top of my head now. But it's not any of the gods that we're really really familiar with, which I thought was interesting. And then we have the other two. We have human name Elizabeth, who I think is is Zeus. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the the ancient, formerly known as Kevin Brown, mm-hmm. ha- referred to her as Z. Oh, mm-hmm. I missed that. Okay, if I if I heard correctly, it sounded to me like like he called her Z in the scene with Bo. And then, as somebody pointed out last week, which I meant to mention and didn't, when Kevin Brown was online dating, he called himself Horatio Twenty Two or something like that, and with an E. Yes, it's H E R A T I O, 
which is uh, the first part of that would be Hera, wife to Zeus. Yep. And so I think that's what they're they're going for. And I, I like that they have done another little gender swap here. Yes, me too. Yep. Took me a minute to figure that out, but I like how Lost Girl turns stuff like that on its head. So for once, it seems to be apparently the woman in power. Although you see that argument at the end between them and uh, Hera seems to be trying to calm Zeus down and not move the plan too far ahead so that I'm really interested to know where that's going to go. But that seems to be the way it always goes in Greek mythology. Hera's kind of there to chill Zeus out a little. <laughs> but it seemed like the ancients were unconcerned by the bodies that they chose, like this idea that it would have bothered Zeus to end up in a woman or Hera to end up in a man. It just didn't seem to really be there, which I think is actually quite appropriate. And in mythology, we see gender swapping all the time throughout the stories. So again, I really like that that Lost Girl went that route. We did get a little bit of villains explain their purpose to Bo. And, and again, I thought that was maybe a little too convenient, but I'll go with it. Fine, whatever. So what was their purpose exactly? I kind of skimmed over that a bit. I don't remember that. I was too much in... It was the key to the episode, Annie. <laughs> well, I was in Valcubus Docubus Torment, more oh, like. So, God. you know, I wasn't really paying attention. Honestly, I wasn't... I was just like, exposition, 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 Zeus. Uh, but I wasn't paying attention. Just, <laughs> we're going to destroy the world kind of thing, and then no. I'm going to zap you with lightning. Is that it? Not so much that. It was, they were gaining power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By everybody cheering. Yeah. yeah. And so then Bo's like at the end, okay, they just gained all this power from hundreds of people. They're like, crap, you know, and they're waiting for the storm. And then, and then we see this like tornado start forming at the end of the episode. I'm like, really? In Feyronto? That kind of made me giggle. Well, it's a supernatural storm, so they could have uh, all yeah, the tornadoes they want. <laughs> One thing I was curious about, though, is why Iris went to Mark and kind of gave away a piece of the plan, because when they were talking later in the episode, Zeus was giving, or Z, was giving Horatio a hard time, I don't know what to call them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm just going to call him Horatio. Giving Horatio a hard time about how Bo found them more quickly than they thought she would, thanks mm. to him. Yeah. Because I thought for a minute that maybe it was part of their plan that Iris leak a little hint to Mark, but I guess not. Since Iris is the messenger of the gods. Mm -hmm. Well, and then they were saying, well, she is in the body of a teenager. So they, Horatio seemed kind of irritated about that. Or Hera, I don't know which one. Yeah, let's call him Horatio. We'll call Elizabeth Z, I guess. And then Iris, Z. Iris. You don't want to go with like the ancient formerly known as? <laughs> you can if you want to. But what was so silly about that scene between Iris and Mark? He's like, well, where did you see that when she traces, what is it? The Well, they called it, actually, This we should get back to this. We talked triskeel. To, yeah, we talked about a, a, a Triskelion before. It's also called a Triskeel, which is what mm. Dyson called it in this episode. So I guess they're going yeah, with yeah. Triskeel, which is another word for the same thing. But she traces it on the skin, and she, he's like, where did you see that? I'm all on the board, which is right behind I you. Do? Yeah. That she just was looking at. <laughs> that Dyson shouldn't have in his gym because there's no cop set anymore. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at silly. At least lock the door. I know. So <laughs> Put it's kinda... that in the other room. We know and there's it... an office there because Vex had Bo in there. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and then when Dyson is looking at the picture of Horatio when he's still alive, which was given to him by his wife. And it's got very obviously the sign of the talent agency. 
the talent agency that I knew would come up later in the episode, and it did. Uh, and I'm like, oh, show, you were so Captain Obvious sometimes. <laughs> I'm okay with that, actually. I mm-hmm. I was fine with that. I, I wish that maybe instead of just having them be at the football game, I kind of wish it might have led to them investigating the agency a little more thoroughly. But fine, whatever. They're moving the plot along. I'll I'll go with it. So no no thoughts about why... Iris slipped information. The only thing I can guess is where it's supposed to be because she's a teenager, maybe, and she thinks Mark is cute and trying to impress him. That's the only thing I've got. Well, yeah, again, that was referred to by Horatio, and it actually made Mark useful for the first time in ever when he said uh, something's going to go down at the game when he said that to the gang, and I'm like, you know what? That is the first useful line you've ever said, Mark. But I just want to slap that kid, but we'll get to that too. later. We'll get to that later. So what? Did, any ideas, Chris? Maybe she's not cool with whatever it is that Z and Horatio have planned. I don't know. Time will tell. Maybe. So Annie, you were saying that Iris was annoying you a little bit this episode. Why? Why was she annoying you? Well, I don't know if she was annoying me. I think it was more like because she was I don't in know. the orbit of Mark's irritation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The gods thing is is okay for the big bad, but I still want to know what's going on with how it connects to Hades. I'm waiting for that reveal. We still have hanging chads, as I kind of referred to a few weeks ago. We still have these hanging plot threads, so I always get impatient wanting them to be wrapped up. Well, so. theoretically, they're they're Hades' siblings. So. Yeah, that's true. So I guess let's talk a little bit about Melina's theory, which which I, I rather thought was interesting, this idea that I don't know that it necessarily will turn out that Bo's father isn't a bad guy, but that this was Persephone's doing rather than necessarily Bo's father's doing, giving Bo the candle to light under false pretenses to awaken the gods for this ultimate plan that they're hatching. That is interesting, but then how do we explain the random dude arm that tried to choke out Bo? Well, I think that, no, that's definitely Bo's father is what they were implying, but the idea that... Well, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, you can't say that he's not a bad dude since he was trying to choke her out. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that he will end up not being a bad dude, but I was intrigued by her idea that it was Persephone's plan that we're seeing executed yes. up okay. top rather than Hades. Yeah. Well, could it just be with that theory that Persephone could be executing the plan just to get out of Hades' influence and escape to escape hell? I don't know. It's an interesting theory, though. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Bo can trust, certainly if Bo can trust any of these gods, since Persephone has sex with her first and then tells her later, oh yeah, I'm your stepmother. By the way, yeah, awkward. This isn't a big deal, but (laughs) Uh, how very Jane the Virgin, right? I'll have to take your word for that. Nobody watches that, or neither of you watch that, rather. So Jenny actually sent us an email with a another theory related to this plot line. And she said, as I was trying to remember my high school mythology class, which was long ago, isn't Tartarus where we saw Bo go and encounter her father, where Zeus trapped his father and the other Titans? Could Bo's father be a Titan? And if she is correct. That is where... Because what, what happens is there were the Titans first, and then the, the, gods, the gods, yeah, and then the Greek yeah. gods, they imprisoned the Titans in Tartarus. So she is, she is correct in that regard. I, I don't know if they're going to do another identity switch with Bo's father suddenly not being Hades and being a Titan, but it could happen. Because as we heard in this episode, they are trying to admit that a lot of mythologies have similar figures in them. And so this this line about how, oh, the gods have many names to humans, I think it's trying to reconcile that a little bit. 
it just makes me confused. So I'm like, where's Zeta and Gabrielle doing it under a, you know, bedroll? I got to give Lauren and Bo some tips, and then they'll get back together. But that's just me. Where, where the hell did that even come from? <laughs> My brain. <laughs> I was gonna say, why are you surprised? I'm not even surprised anymore. I'm like, oh, she's talking about talking about darkness again. Okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised so much as like, what? Where did that come from? But uh, never mind. Don't but, don't ask. I don't know where it comes from either. But Franti says you should use the Roman names of the gods as well to confuse people even more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I am trying not to. Although you notice they said Hercules, which is the Roman name. It That's, is Heracles yes. is the Heracles Greek. is the oh, Greek name. Yeah. Okay. And then I always like I always wonder where did the Romans get Hercules then? Because like the Romans aren't even trying anymore <laughs> to hide the fact that they just stole Greek gods. So. <laughs> Come on, was I the only one who had that thought in high school? Um, no, no, but I barely I, re- remembered any of them. I failed that test. I think I got a C. Because we're talking about mythology, I looked it up, and Heraclids are a thing. It isn't just a thing that that Lost Girl made up. This name for the numerous descendants of Heracles (parentheses Hercules). So they're like half god, half human kind of thing. But well, that's what Hercules, Hercules was. Yeah. yeah, isn't Hercules himself half god, half human? So, so they're like a quarter god. They're or... a percentage god and a larger percentage human at this point. <laughs> so right. my question was, I wonder if. Clay would have a larger role in the plot because they mention him and they say, oh yeah, he's a Heraclid. Well, are we going to see more turn up or will that play into the larger ongoing plot of all the gods this season? I don't know. I assume so. Hmm. Really? I assume not. I doubt we'll see him oh, again. Okay. No, I mean, not that we'll see him again, but that oh, okay. we'll maybe see more Heraclids yeah. later. It was kind mm. of my, it was just my fleeting thought on that. So. I think no, but I could be wrong. Okay. I'm pretty sure I saw online somewhere, and I can't remember who said this, so sorry whoever it was, but I'm pretty sure I saw somebody throw out the idea that maybe Lauren is a Heraclid. Ooh, that'd be so sexy. Can't you get to live forever with Bo? But, but that's that's not what Heraclids do as far as we know. But they're not sexy scientists in a lab coat and nothing else? I was referring to what you just said about living forever, Annie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, what the hell is that dream at the beginning and implying that Lauren has a greater role in all of this and she's not just doing science on the side and being ignored. But the camera, you know, goes and I'm like, oh, it's Bo, you know, turning the handle of the jacket in box. And I'm like, holy sh- frickin' frickin' shit. Blah, blah, blah. You can say shit. It's Lauren. <laughs> How come she See, censors that? I don't know. Not, okay, holy shit. There it's we go. Lauren. I'm trying to censor she myself. She said it really loudly too. You mad at me when I swear, but no, I don't. You just don't. Se- just don't. <laughs> Holy crap! Two words. There are that two we words. don't want you to say any. <laughs> fine, fine. Holy shit! It was Lauren, because to me it seems like she's gonna have something to do with the Hades plot or, you know, whatever this Jack in a Box means. That Lauren's like the key to something. Hopefully, it's not like the world ending and then Lauren's gonna sacrifice herself, a la Kenzie. That's what I'm afraid of. I thought that was really the the most interesting point of the overarching plot for me. And I was very happy to see it because I was like, oh, you know, good. Lauren's a piece of this now. So that's what I hope anyway. Oh, here's a random thought. At least one of the sides of the Jack in the Box, and I think maybe one of the others also. I I could be wrong about this, but I'm like 90% sure it's actually a Chinese symbol. Hmm. Hmm. I was like, that's weird, right? Hmm. 
But I had the same thought as you, Annie, about Lauren being in the dream. Well, first I was thinking, okay, is this just supposed to show me that Bo is thinking about Lauren or is it is it something more? But I, I do think that there's an indication that Lauren might have a bigger role to play in whatever might unfold in regards to Bo's father. However, I still have no idea what is going to be the significance of this jack-in-the-box, because if it's key to his plot or his undoing, it seems odd that he would just send it to her. I never, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as the key to his release into the into the human world. Okay. Like, you know, so he said it's a box devil. The, right. Like, right. if you open it, that's going to be part of releasing him. So if Lauren is turning the crank, does that mean that she releases, she's going to release him? In which Would it case, have anything to do with her ability to make Faye human and vice versa? She, you know, her powers that way? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. And then there's the added thing, as as you were saying, Stephanie, it's like, well, the fact that Bo's dreaming of Lauren, does that just mean that she's thinking about Lauren and thinking about the Jack in the Box? Like, these are the things that are on her mind. We hope so. I mean, have we seen Bo have prophetic dreams before? I can't think of any. There hmm. was the ones where she was turning into... A creature right. back but in the dawning. Was, I don't know if they were necessarily prophetic so much as, I don't know. Right. And I was trying to remember if we'd seen anything in season two in regards to the Garuda. It felt like there might have been, but it could have just been her talking to the little girl and I'm making yeah. up that there was a dream. She had a dream that she killed Trick, right? No, no, no. She was shown that. That's right. Yeah, she was right. shown that. The- that wasn't necessarily a dream. Yeah. So I think you're right. I don't know that we've necessarily seen her see prophetic visions and dreams before. Right. It's like, if this was Buffy having this dream, then I'd be more concerned about being a, a prophecy. But right. since it's Bo, I don't know. And then we have to remember the thing that Lauren has in the lab that Ebony gave her. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to do with Hades or is that a separate threat? Mm-hmm. Clearly the trio of gods, they've got something that they're plotting. This seemed to be step one is drawing energy from the crowd and we see a storm brewing at the end of the episode not sure where that's going the tornado that makes annie laugh (laughs) why does the tornado make you laugh it's just there and i'm like there are no tornadoes in toronto it's a supernatural (laughs) storm annie i know i know we are watching a show with a succubus as a lead it just See, made me giggle. And the tornado See, is tripping you Angel, up. So she's maybe not used to the uh, <laughs> the supernatural yeah, storms. So I shouldn't be a Xena fan ends. either. I was yeah. going to say, Annie, come it's, on. It's not like there aren't supernatural weather phenomena in Xena either, but it just, I don't know. That was my first reaction. But yeah, we have the, the trio of gods, their plot going on, not sure where that's going. And then we have the, the Jack in the Box and the potentially prophetic dream with Lauren and the Jack of Box. Not sure where that's going either. I'm intrigued, but have no clue. No clue where they're going. That is I think that's what they want. Yes, I think that's what they want indeed. So complimentary to the the football game plotline, we see a lot of awkward dynamics in Bo and Tamsin's relationship. <sighs> which makes Annie groan, which I don't understand, Chris. I, I know, you think... Well, okay, happy. no, it... it, it yeah, during the week, it kind of, I read it, people's comments, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't have to be, I calm down, Annie, but it's, it. I can see how it makes people, regardless of who, you know, which couple you want or whatnot, it can make people frustrated because Bo seems to be oblivious to almost everybody. At first, you know, she turns over and sees Tamsin from the dream, and, and I love how Tamsin's dream involved nothing but, Closed drive-throughs and burgers and and then 
Bo's like, okay, let me get your f- breakfast. Half Captain Crunch, half Lucky Charms. And I'm like, oh, that just makes me sad that she knows what Tamsin's favorite breakfast is. But and I guess now you do it. too. And then Bo has the line about the roommate, which roommate, made me yes. go, <gasps> I winced. I physically winced because this was what I was worried about happening since episode three. That, you know, Bo would have some sort of affectionate interaction with Tamsin and it would mean so much to Tamsin and Bo just wouldn't get that 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 it meant that much to her and yeah I physically winced when she said that but you notice Tamsin didn't seem to pick up on that either didn't at all completely went over her head but then later in the episode when they have that whole tension with Bo calling Lauren and Tamsin says oh why don't you call Dyson I I didn't wince I screamed at my screen and going so that's what that sound was. Uh, yes. And then Lauren says, oh, you need a doctor. And Bo says, no, I need you. And then Lauren's saying, oh, so she can't do lab tests. And it's all this interaction of tension and slash jealousy slash obliviousness on Bo's side because then Tamsin kisses her and then Bo kind of pulls away. And I'm just like, no wonder both Valkybus and Docubus fans are like, what the F is going on? I mean, it's just more of like, you know, what Jay was saying, what Bo is doing is being so oblivious to Tamsin. Even I can't believe it. Well, okay. So let's talk about this because I, I have a lot of conflicting ideas about what's going on here. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this plot turn because mm. last week, you and I, Annie, we had opposite interpretations of what happened or how Bo should have interpreted Tamsin giving Bo herself as a birthday present, essentially. Because you yeah. you were talking about, oh, way to be really obvious and put it all out there. And I was like, I don't know. I and just Bo thought- seemed to reciprocate and just Hang grab the, <laughs> the bow and pull her in. You saw it that way. What I yeah. saw was just Tamsin be like, hey, let's have some sex. Like, honestly, that's the way that I saw the scene. And... I think that's what we're Which seeing. Which is clearly how Bo saw it, Yes, too. so I think that's what we're seeing in this episode, is that Tamsin thought, oh, I'm I'm laying all my emotions bare to Bo, and Bo is just like, hey, she wants to have sex. Yay, I'm a succubus. I like sex. I feel like that could account for the disconnect here. Bo thought Tamsin was saying, here's some sex, no strings attached. Bo should have realized, a ribbon, just a really big string. You know? <laughs> yeah, sex with strings. I mean, I don't know. I guess Tamsin's got to be a little clearer saying, hey... I really like you. This isn't just sex. Can't believe I'm saying this. But but how could Bo miss all the puppy dog eyes from Tamsin the entire season so far? And from Lauren. And that's where I get hung up. Because for me personally, I'm like, okay, then can I really believe that Bo would be that oblivious? And I really can't. And so even if she did interpret it as a here's a no strings attached offer of sex, I kind of feel like if it were me in that situation and I knew this person had way stronger emotions for me than I did for them, I would feel like a kind of a shitty person if I went ahead and slept with them, even though I didn't reciprocate the same level of feelings. But well, you're also not a succubus. True. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Bo seems so... You don't know what I do on my weekends. <laughs> well, the, th- the fact that Bo seems to be so oblivious to Tamsin in this episode, to see, it puts me in a position where I'm like, Bo, how can you be that oblivious or that not on the same level? And I don't want to look at Bo that way. It makes me not like Bo or, you know how we were talking about Bo kind of being the anti-hero last season? I mean, it makes Bo look, it just <laughs> doesn't make her look the best. And I'm like, Bo... 
I mean, and in a sense, she's doing that with Lauren, too, because neither one of them are telling them their true intentions. They're just making googly eyes. We don't know where the hell they are in their interactions. I think Lauren obviously still has a lot of feelings for Bo, but they're not talking about it. I That's disagree. Lauren has told Bo that she loves her twice, very clearly. I think When this season has she done that? When, Last season, yes. In Big in Japan, she's like, you know, you stole my heart and I'm not going to ask oh, yeah, for it duh. back. Sorry. <laughs> How does Annie keep forgetting that? I don't, I don't know. know. I just, but she, they're not doing anything about it. I mean, they're not saying, oh, yes, let's get back together. Let's talk more about this. By the way, Valkybus is, or by the way, Valkyrie is making eyes at me. I'm not sure what to do. I just want Bo to say something. I want her to react to people instead of being confused about the girlfriend <laughs> assumption with Tamsin. And this is another and, reason why I missed Kenzie in this episode. I felt like Kenzie would have sorted this whole thing out, maybe even beforehand. True. Yeah. Right. I was going to say that earlier, too, that it does very much seem like Kenzie would have given Bo a reality check or maybe questioned something that would have given Bo a reality check. Right. This triangle thing is so messy and so just this other... It's just... Uh, I mean... I can see why people are frustrated with the character of Bo right now, and they say she's being selfish or oblivious, and they don't want to watch anymore because of what Bo's doing to people, and I'm just like, that just makes me sad. But I know Bo has a lot on her plate with Daddy and the Gods, but it's like, she's gotta... I mean, and I know TV shows do this for drama, but... They've got to communicate something because people are getting frustrated. Characters and the, the watchers. Okay, I but was... I, I have to argue against something that Jay said here, and I'm sorry, Jay, but Jay was talking about how Bo going ahead and sleeping with Tamsin and Tamsin assuming that would mean a relationship and what else would Bo expect. But here's the thing. The way the series starts is Bo sleeps with Dyson and they don't immediately fall into a relationship. And then later in the season, Bo sleeps with Lauren, and they don't immediately fall into a relationship. <laughs> that has never before happened on the show. And sure. and Bo has seen Tamsin just have casual sex with a guy recently. So it's not like Bo knows that Tamsin, if she sleeps with somebody, that means that it's serious and they're in a relationship. There's a history of both of them just having casual sex. So I, I'm I'm with Chris. I feel like Bo wouldn't shouldn't have automatically assumed Tamsin thought they were dating. That's a little going overboard. But I could see her thinking that Bo was maybe romantically interested in her, but girlfriends is maybe stepping overstepping it a bit right and this goes back to the whole thing where you know last season i was saying that to me it seemed like tamsin really had sort of a teenagery kind of like unrequited crush on Bo, and so it's one of those things i don't know i don't know how to interpret Bo's interpretation of tamsin's affection toward her you know what i mean Mm -hmm. me too because this entire time since tamsin has come back after dying and being reborn, Tamsin has basically been really flirty and touchy and close to Bo pretty much the entire time. So Bo's maybe not necessarily interpreting this as any sort of, it's necessarily meaning anything, you know what I mean? Other than that Tamsin's just kind of flirty and close, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I I, I agree with Annie in the regard and uh, with other people that you're referencing. I wish that I knew where Bo was at in regards to what she thought about Tamsin's feelings toward her. I'd have no idea 
if she's just oblivious, if she knew but thought that they could have just a casual thing anyway, I'm just not sure. And I, again, it makes me really miss Kenzie. I feel like there would have been a better reading of, of where Bo was at, or and maybe even Kenzie, you know, sorting out this whole mess or helping to sort out this whole mess if she had been around. Yes. Right. And I just think that, you know, I, I care more about these interactions between these characters than I do about the overarching plot of the gods and what the big bad is up to and what Hades is up to. Maybe that's what I meant when I said I wasn't liking the god plot as much because I care more about what's going on between Lauren and Bo and Tamsin because I want to see that sorted out more because to me that's more important. No, and I, but, I mean, I agree in the sense that I am in this show for the characters and for the relationships that, that the characters have with each other. But mm-hmm. I am glad that we are getting a More nice follow through. Right. The the plot with the ancients seems to be going somewhere and it's making sense more or less as far as I can tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah. It's it's a nice solid thing that is carrying through the season. Mm-hmm. Cause you've got to have your characters doing something other than just talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah, agree. So is if they're going to do this overarching plot, I'm glad that they are doing it pretty well and it's moving along i am in it for the characters i would like to see more character stuff and and them really getting into it because this is the last season this is the last season there's only so much time to get all this stuff sorted out well it's kind of like in the sense of they're creating a plot with the ancients and where that is going and they're creating a lot of tension and a lot of you know we don't know where everybody is in terms of where the character development is going and yeah there's too much stuff being created with character development, we're not getting answers yet. And I think that's why people are frustrated And with Mark, because it's a new character who is developing in a way, if he is developing, that's really unsatisfactory so far. But we uh, are getting people, some answers. They're just spacing them out. Oh, well, they're spacing them out a little too far for me. I know you guys have but more But we're not even halfway through this season. We will be in two episodes. Yeah, but that's two we... episodes from now. <laughs> I know, but it's just like... I just miss Docubus. <laughs> okay, since since we're on the talk- topic here, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Whatever happens in episode eight, remember that we have another eight episodes after that. I know. I'm just not satisfied as much as I wanted to be with the interpersonal relationships and where they are at this point. <sighs> I know. I just, just want to put it out there it. that things can change. And so everybody, please be patient. <laughs> I know. I wasn't expecting my patience to be tested this much so far this season. <sighs> as far as the romantic stuff, romantic relationships go, I have seen some people saying, you, you know, they need to just get get it sorted out because that's not what the show yeah. is about. And I would disagree. I, I the romantic relationships have been a big part of the show since the beginning. However, beginning. However, you know, this the triangle thing, who's Bo going to choose? This has been going on for four plus seasons Uh now. And for the people who that's a big draw for the show, they don't just want to see Bo choose. They don't want this last episode to be, oh, Bo chooses whomever. Or they want to see their couple, their pairing, be in an actual relationship for a time. You know, as far as people who really want Bo and Lauren to be together, they have kind of an advantage that they did date for a while in season three. But Bo and Dyson, they were never really all that 
Dady and for like an episode. Yeah, for yeah. an episode and it wasn't ever anything particularly official. People rooting for Bo and Tamsin, they haven't dated yet. This is really the only episode they've gotten and Bo's calling Tamsin a roommate. So I, I yeah, I can understand why people who the you know, the romantic relationships are really what draw them to the show, why they're getting frustrated because we they don't just want the choice. They also want the the relationship, the couple. I do understand. It's just that we do have another eight episodes and anything could happen in those eight episodes is all I'm trying to say. Chris, I I wasn't saying that you were saying that I was leading into something. (laughs) I just wanted to be clear so that nobody would interpret it that way. I don't want to get horribly, horribly yelled at. (laughs) So people who are in it for the relationships, they really want to see more than just Bo choosing. And and this is I'm bringing this up partially because it relates to some comments that people were were making in regards to what we were talking about last episode about the fact that we really haven't had a full-on sex scene so far this season and most of them have been either off-screen or just, you know, there hasn't been a full-on sex scene. And one person who was a docubus shipper was <laughs> was saying it, she thinks it's because they're trying to imply that the sex is casual, which might be the case. However, we have seen Bo have casual sex on screen lots, lots and lots and lots. So I'm not entirely sold on that theory. However, somebody else pointed out that they feel like they might be saving the first full-on sex scene for when Bo finally does make that choice, the final choice about who she's going to be with. They're saving it for that moment. And I think that that's a distinct possibility. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to mention that as a follow-up to last episode. Well, I just think my 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 fear is that if Bo makes a choice, it doesn't matter at least in terms of the fandom, because, you know, you can't satisfy everybody. So, you know, so I don't know where Buzz going to go with that choice. And as we've discussed earlier, she could choose everybody, you know? It could so it'll be, be like that a kind massive of, mega sex scene with Yeah, it could be a polyamorous Everybody stripped. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like I said, as long as Docubus gets the best part, I don't give it. Right. <laughs> <sighs> But poor Tamsin, I just felt really sorry for Tamsin in this episode. A lot of, I saw that a lot. A lot of people did. Yeah, I just I, and I did. And I had seen I have seen people being critical of this portrayal of Tamsin being too naive, et cetera, et cetera. And and I, I get where they're coming from, but I'm OK with it. I, I'll go along with it. I guess I should phrase it that way, because we've seen how much Tamsin idolizes Bo. She's this person that shouldn't have existed. And she does. And I think along with with love that, that Tamsin has for Bo, there's also this idolization and, and this adoration that is a little unique. So I can see where she would perhaps be a little more teenagery and schoolgirl about this particular encounter than she might be with other people. Right. Hmm. I mean, that was more or less what I was trying to get at earlier. So okay. I haven't I haven't dissected it that much. <laughs> But no, uh, did you think that she seemed out of character for being so naive in this episode is what I'm asking? No. I think with Tamsin, it's just a buildup of all the feelings she's had for Bo, and she just had an expectation after she slept with her. I mean, I, you know, I, I might if I were in that situation. I think it meant a lot more to Tamsin than it did to Bo, it seems. Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm just not sure how to feel about Bo's decision to sleep with Tamsin. I, I, I'm just not entirely sure where her head was at in that regard. Yeah. Again, the only way I can rationalize it is that misinterpreting, horribly, horribly misinterpreting Tamsin's intentions, which I, I guess in addition to 
not necessarily picking up on the fact that Tamsin's like extremely enamored of her. <laughs> yeah, infatuated. Infatuated would be a, a good way of putting it, yes. But but again, it's one of those like, is it just that she's a succubus and it's so sort of used to that kind of thing that she's not picking up on it? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the, I feel like the series, though, they've given themselves a bit of a of a, a, a liability in the fact that they established in episode six that Bo can sense people, how people feel about each other, because she has that whole demonstration in the bar for Lauren where she says, oh, she's way more into him than he is into her. And while they haven't mentioned that since... <laughs> In a long, 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 a long time. Long time. Yeah. It, you, it is tempting in these situations to go back to that scene and think, and think. I thought Bo was better at this at figuring out yeah, when people were more into but her. But if you're a succubus, how often? You know what I mean? Like, what is the common reaction to her as the succubus? I guess is my question, though. Right, like, but do since... people always register high when around a when succubus? <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, I find it hard to rationalize Bo being that, uh, what's the word? Uh, You know, just that unaware of Tamsin's... Oblivious. Clueless. Yeah, that oblivious to Tamsin's true intentions, that it's more than just puppy dog love, that it really is, it seems to be deeper feelings on Tamsin's part. (sighs) I know, I'm just saying, you know, think about Bo and her social circle. It's a very complicated social circle. As we talk about, basically everybody... Everybody wants to sleep with her, so I don't know. So much sighing from Annie this week. I know. More than last week? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Huh. The sigh-o-meter is high. Moving on. Bo and Lauren. Lauren has a little bit to do this episode. Not as much as she as she has in, in previous weeks, but she got a couple of couple of good scenes. The one in the locker room with with man butt. That's like, I was like, hey, man there's butt. <laughs> there's there's some more male nudity on the show, which is not all that common. And and uh, that like, what is this orphan black? <laughs> exactly. But I I thought Zoe was very funny in that scene, and they they were using the opportunity to. I think make pretty clear that that Lauren, were she to use such words, would identify as a lesbian. She does not seem to be into the bo- into the boys, not into the man butt, you know, or the man front, as it were, <laughs> or the man front. But I mean, they they indicated as much last season. Of course, that yeah. was more specifically about Dyson than dudes in general. Yeah, but, la- yeah, yeah. Last season was more about Dyson. This this one was. Uh... Yeah, because I know for a while people were, or even Zoe was thinking, I don't know, they could have me date a guy, who knows, but I think they're making it pretty clear that Lauren does not prefer the guys. And then we have the laboratory scene between her and Bo, which made me smile. I know, I just wish she'd finished her sentence. Wow, you look, wow, I'm like, tell her, Lauren. And that (sighs) whole time they were on the phone with Trick. (laughs) I know, and then that just ruined it for me, and I'm like... Ugh. Why do you okay? Why do you want her to finish her sentence? It was perfectly clear what she was saying. Well, I wanted the scene to go on. I wanted them to do it on the lab table. I wanted something besides. I don't think her saying "you look really great" would have necessarily led to sex on the lab table. Especially, well, since I just on want the phone them to trick. Yes, awkward. Awkward. They could have taken the phone off speakerphone, but. You know, I just wanted them to have more a longer scene. That's what I'm frustrated with, with the writing. You know, they interact for 0.02 seconds. But back to the lab scene, I think my favorite part, though, was the fact that Bo tried to look into the microscope as if it were like a telescope or something. Mm-hmm. She looked into just one of the eyepieces, one eye. and well, she I did thought that was hilarious. telescopes at one point, so maybe she doesn't know how to use a microscope that I well. thought that was hilarious. Thank you, Anna Silk. And then... 
Trick, why do you, of course, you have to have your speakerphone on with, uh, with Z listening. And then, of course, he, and then when she orders the drink, he's like, I haven't had that in a thousand years, but I happen to have all the ingredients right here behind my bar. Really weird ingredients. Yeah. I just happen to have a a whole jar for hard boiled eggs right here. Actually, I was thinking, I think we've seen a jar of hard-boiled eggs on the bar before. We have. Yeah. Back in, like, yeah. the first or second season. So that was the one thing that I thought, okay, at least they're getting some use. But yes, it right. was very convenient that he had those weird ingredients all within arm's length. Ambrosia yeah. and the bark of whatever it was yeah, soaked, soaked in, in rum that he just happened to have. I'm just going to pull right it out right here. Yeah. It's like, hmm, let me see if I remember what's in that. It's these things that are directly in front of me. It's like a cooking show. It's like, we'll put this in the oven for half an hour, and then they pull out the one that's already done. Yes. <laughs> but I, I was glad that Trick got a scene this week where he had something to do. You know, he wasn't he wasn't just explaining something, but he actually had an, a significant interaction, which was important for them putting together the piece of the puzzle, pieces of the puzzle later on. And, right. and I thought that was a, kind of a fun scene, though I didn't quite understand why he shared the fact that his, his book was missing with a stranger. That was another thing exactly. that I thought. Trick. Trick of all yeah. the secrets that you keep, that isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're keeping the wrong secrets, Trick. He's in therapy yeah, so. and he's trying to be more open, I guess. <laughs> Bits like that in the this week's episode, and Mark and the crime scene, I'm just like, what? Writers? Ugh. Shake my head. But I can't believe that Annie steered us away from talking about Lauren. I was also oh, going to mention. I can't believe I did that either. I'm so upset this week. I just. <laughs> but I was also going to mention in the the phone call between Bo and Lauren. It's in character, but I kind I kind of wish that Lauren wasn't baity about about Tamsin. I want to. I want her to. Oh, I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. T- I just. I don't like the cat fighting, and I. I don't either. It means that she still has feelings for Bo. That she still, you know. But I don't need that to prove that. No. But, yeah. You but, don't uh, have to like undercut your quote unquote competition, y- you know, to prove that you have feelings for somebody. Rise above, it's just Lauren. Petty. Rise it's above. beneath you. It's beneath well, you. Well, yeah, as you said, you know, they had that moment in 503, and then the last two episodes, it's just been kind of the catty comments and jealousy. And I don't like seeing that because everything is so messy and unresolved. That that aspect I agree with. I don't like it, but I can understand Tamsin a little bit more, but I wish both of them would cut it out. Just cut it out, guys. Just cut it out. Well, if mm-hmm. Bo ever gets her lovely head out of her butt and you know figures out what she's doing then they'd stop it they can stop it beforehand annie and they should i know (laughs) i wish they would me too and then we can't forget to talk about cassie who we said last episode we hoped we'd see again and we saw her again this episode which made me happy i was just about to make a really poor taste joke that but she didn't see us oh oh chris (laughs) chris I know it's terrible. I'm the worst. You are. I was only sad because we only saw her for 0.02 seconds. I know. I I wish there'd been more. But I understand why there wasn't. It encourages me. I think that's an indication that she's. we're not done with her, that she'll be back. and And we might get some conclusion to her being blinded you know having her eyes gouged or gouging her own eyes out and it won't they won't just let it lie well yeah and what do the eyes have to do with the coming apocalypse tornado in feyronto thing and all of the uh stuff that's about to go down 
presumably they still need the eyes for something. That's right, because Horatio has the eyes, which is unnerving. But I can't help thinking, does Cassie not have any family to come sit with her? I know Seymour is a jerk, and Meyer apparently is dead tear, but where are her parents? Why doesn't she not have any family to come sit with her? I know, I felt so bad for her, because she seemed really freaked out, which is understandable. And I kept wishing that Lauren would, like, hold her hand or something, like, a comforting touch, you know? Yeah, me too. Oh, I'd be happy if Lauren was there, even if I didn't have sight. I'd be, uh, comforted. I know, but don't you think it would have been nice if there'd been, like, a little bit of, like, physical reassurance? Yeah, but so far I find Lauren's bedside manner pretty comforting. I mean, when she has that doctorly voice, uh, that makes me happy, (laughs) Sigh. I can tell. So I was glad to see Cassie again, and then, of course, that was the scene where, like we mentioned in our shot episode, Lauren had that really nice moment where she decided she was taking an early lunch because she's the boss, and she just seemed very confident and pleased and happy with where she was in her, in regards to at least her professional life. Right. And she didn't have to worry about what was going on in the clinic because she left Dr. Ned Patel there, and which is I, not his character's name, but that was his character's name on Bomb Girls. And I trust Dr. Ned Patel, so... And he's very capable on Bomb Girls. And he's cute. He is cute. So let's move on to talking about the last little plot thread involving Dyson, uh, I guess let's go ahead and talk about Mark first and get the complaining out of the way. <laughs> I will say Mark Mark. I will d- I downgraded Mark from from punchable, which I called him last week. I downgraded him to smackable in this episode. So You called him supremely punchable, yes, which I love. Thank you. He was supremely punchable last week, but this week I downgrade him to smackable. I'm trying to come up with a scale of annoyance that I can rate him on. For every that's episode, great. I feel like the bottom is pokeable. That's like the most benign, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> but he was—he still was. It was irritating. I was happy he wasn't being as much of a punk this week. But like Jay, I kind of thought, when did this happen? Where their relationship was yeah. suddenly much better? But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see him being a little punk, so I'll go with it. Right. It, it would have been nice if they'd had a bit of resolution or something. But yeah, anything that minimizes the irritation that it causes is okay well i hate to say i didn't want to slap him upside the head the entire time he was on. i hate to Mm -hmm. say it but anything that minimizes his on-screen time at this point although it would have been more effective seeing a resolution between him and dyson than him punching the bag or whatever they just have to i think the writing has to just make more effective use screen time use of mark and i don't know if it's successfully done it yet Um, Unless the goal of his screen time is to make us dislike him, in which case... (laughs) They've succeeded. Very successful. Well, I felt like such a putz because, you know, the woman, I forget her name, comes in to talk to Dyson. And, okay. Alicia? uh, Alicia, Alicia. is that her name? Mm -hmm. And I admit, I was like, you know, my dirty lesbian mind. I was like, oh, she's cute. Oh, she's lovely. She's very lovely. And then Mark goes, she's hot. Her husband just died. So what? She's still hot. And I'm like, Frickin' smacked the little shit. Oh, I thought so. you were going to say, that was me. <laughs> I didn't think that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you seem to be leading up to that, Annie. I apologize. I just no, I mean, she is very beautiful. But at the same time, anytime Mark was all like, well, at least you know she's single. And I'm just like, Dyson slapped yeah. that kid upside his head. Oh, yes, God, please. why doesn't he? Yeah. That was so, so uncalled for. Yes, it was. I so will- what? She, you know, she's still hot. That's when I wanted to smack him. 
that that was just kind of like uh, teenagers. But then with the least you know she's single, that's when I wanted to to smack him. Right? Because when he was like, well, she's still hot, then I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. But then yeah, the at least you know she's single, and then I'm just like, hit him, Dyson, hit him. <laughs> See, if he wants to discipline him and show him the fake way, he's got to, like, you know, take him down a peg. I don't know why he hasn't smacked him yet. But I will say, like, this this was more the type of relationship I wish that they had started with. This, like, hanging mm-hmm. out and getting to know each other and sussing each other out a little bit rather than what they gave us last week. So, again, even though Mark was still very smackable, I he, I went along with it better, much, much better than I did with his storyline last week. Mm-hmm. But moving on to Alicia, again, I besides being very lovely, I really liked that actress. I thought she was really quite okay. good. And I do wonder if they're setting up a potential relationship for Dyson now that it's so clear that he has sworn fealty to Bo, but they don't have, you know, romantic relationship anymore besides a feeding one. But she's human, which Dyson seemed to have an uh. issue with. I forgot so about unless that part. the storyline is going to be Dyson getting over his human issues, I don't know. That's what I thought the hint was. The fact that they had him say that seemed like a hint to me that that might be where they were going. And I think that's actually a really good idea for a storyline yeah. for him. Mm. If people are a, a very spoiler avoidant, plug your ears for about 10 seconds. I did see the actress tweeted on Twitter something to the effect of, I'm on Lost Girl this season, starting this week. And so I definitely think that character will be back. And yeah. I think she will be developed as a love interest for Dyson. That's that's my thinking. And I'm I'm on board with it. Again, I liked her a lot. I thought she's very charismatic and lovely. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing her back. I certainly hope they'd have her back. I mean, it would make sense to do it since they took the trouble of introducing her and and leaving her character hanging, essentially. Like, she has no resolution, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what is the character going to do going forward? Do you think she's going to be introduced to this whole crazy plot of her husband being resurrected as a god and planning to destroy the world, potentially, and the Fae and everything? I mean, what's the purpose of her character going forward? Here's a question. What do we think of the possibility of the series ending on the note that the Fae are essentially outed to humanity i was just thinking about that i'm not sure i feel about it but i think that's a good possibility for how they might end the series but then that's a big hanging thread too because it's like that's a huge threat to the fae and what would happen but it would be a good jumping off place for a movie yes (laughs) if we get a movie that would be i think directly related to what these these three gods have planned and i'm just not sure are they an apocalyptic type are they trying to wipe out humanity what's going on just i'd have no idea yeah, how is humanity going to write off this big, uh, hey, the where tornadoes. did this storm come from? And <laughs> this supernatural tornado come from in Feyronto? Any other thoughts about Dyson and Alicia? I was a little annoyed that he basically ended up dismissing her. Yeah, yeah. me too. That yeah. was hard to I see. Mean, but, like, but it's one of those things, I don't know what else he could have done. Yeah. Because who would, how would she believe that whole crazy story? And by the way, your husband's resurrected. And Well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a complete admission of truth. But I got the impression, though, that it was somewhat hard for him to do, given the Mm. fact that he says to her, please contact me if you ever need anything, et cetera, et cetera. And I, too, I struggle as to what else he would have he would have done. I suppose he could have come up with a story about 
oh, it's it's not your husband. It's just a man who looks very much like your husband and maybe dumbing up a driver's license or something like that. But yeah, I, I'm just at a loss of what else he could have done, too. So any other stray thoughts about the episode before we wrap up? Any comments on the clothes this week? <laughs> huh. I liked Trick's uh-huh. fancy gold vest. I think he was wearing that in the first episode, maybe. I think that was a, a vest repeat. I did like Bo's little coach outfit. It was very, I don't know. Very just, I did think that was, it was really cute. Yeah, it was very yeah. cute. I I could see why Lauren was impressed. <laughs> and with their high ponies. With their high ponytails. Bo always has the high ponies, though. I just want to pinch her little cheek. She's so cute. She is, she is pretty adorable. What Do we think there's any significance in the fact that we always see the ancients, like, chugging booze? Oh my god, they are such booze hounds. It's a good thing they're revived and that they're already dead because they're li- they'd have cirrhosis otherwise. <laughs> well, isn't there, there's the whole thing about the nectar of the gods, right? Something like that. Aren't they often drinking no, I know. wine? Like a, you know. I, I don't think that's nectar. I think they're just having a good time. Like, well, no, no, that's no, what no. I, all I noticed in the last scene. It's just <laughs> chugging it down, chugging it down. I'm all, that's a lot of whiskey, Horatio. Or whatever your brand is. Oh, so speaking of when, when they were looking at his uh, dating profile thing mm-hmm. on Fade Eight, yes, and he was referring to it as a bathroom selfie, and I'm like, no, that's not. That's a headshot. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's a hunky headshot. It is. That is no, no way. That is a bathroom selfie with the bad light you get in bathrooms. <laughs> yes, I had that thought. That is not a bathroom selfie. You big liar. <laughs> it's a professional headshot, and you look fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much to people who sent us their thoughts about the episode for us to include in our long discussion. We really appreciate it. You can send us your thoughts in a couple of ways. You can send us an email to feedback at drinksofthedoll.com. You can go and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode at drinksofthedoll.com slash 89. You can also leave us a voice message. You can call and leave a voicemail at 972-514-7223 or send a message through your computer or mobile device by clicking on the send message tab that's on the right hand side of our website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks of the Doll. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Annie. I'm Chris. Watch Strange Empire. Because Chris is pushy. In the best of ways. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. And Megs3 says, Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, where everyone is confused about stuff. And then a <laughs> smiley face. Yeah, pretty much. That, yeah, that's what's going on. We're so professional. <laughs> uh, we're, we are professional. Professional? Professional. <laughs> Professional editor where nobody can say anything. <laughs> anything. <directly. laughs> Once edited, we are slightly more professional. That would no, have been better not. had I pronounced it correctly. Correctly. <laughs> Damn it! Missed opportunity. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> because I said, "Welcome Joke to Drinks the Doll," where no one can pronounce anything. Cormectly. What does cormectly mean? It's a mispronunciation. I am mispronouncing <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to know what the word meant. Never mind. It Go doesn't on. mean anything. <laughs> okay. I just... I'm making a joke about saying a word wrong. I know, but I just wanted to know what the wrong word meant. Okay, this is really I made bad. It up, this week. Okay, I made thank it up. you. Thank you.